Hello and welcome to the Better Everyday Podcast. I recently celebrated six months blogging and would like to thank everyone who has read or watched or listened to any of the material that I've been putting out over the last six months. Uh, this podcast will be a little bit of a mailbag edition. Uh, I put out a survey link in my latest blog post celebrating six months uh, where I asked people what they were enjoying and what they'd like to see in the future. Uh, so I want to take a few minutes out uh, to go hopefully fairly rapid fire through some of these questions. Uh, I'm going to reserve some of them for hopefully some longer form content. Okay, so first question, will I be coaching Ronald again this year? Wink, wink. Uh, this is from Milan. Uh, it's not a secret. Yes, I will be coaching Ronald this year. James has asked a, a long list of questions, so I'm going to go through a few of these. Uh, some of them I probably reserve for longer posts. Uh, firstly, he's asked about coaching national teams versus club teams. Uh, yeah, so I would definitely need a lot of time to talk about all the nuances here um, but the I guess the biggest takeaway is I mean, no matter what the different situations are whether it's national teams versus club teams versus youth team versus schools colleges is the coaching pro Joe's has to change to match the environment that you're going into um, for my experience uh, in Ireland national teams coach sorry national teams train one weekend a month for six to nine months depending on the year um, obviously players coming from all different parts of the country with different club backgrounds different experience levels uh, different tactics uh, different ideas of how things should be done so for me with national teams it's I'm a lot more prescriptive um, obviously with all these different approaches and very limited contact time with the team you don't have as much time as you would with a club team to kind of explore all those different approaches find what the best is you really just need to set that out as early as possible um i always think the first first one or two or three uh training sessions together as just retrying to establish a kind of common vocabulary and common knowledge across the team and then you can iterate on that from there and try and find synergies across these people that maybe never played together before maybe you'll never play with each other ever again um so it's all very different from a club team um where you're seeing each other Really often, players probably play together for majority. Of players probably play together for years and years and years, and are going to play together for years if all goes well. Um, so yeah, club team just has that sort of continuous development um, and common bond and common language that national team doesn't have, and that's the biggest challenge that you need to to face head on when you're coaching a national team. Uh, obviously, different countries have different approaches to national teams, so if you're lucky enough that you do get that sort of weekly or more regular contact with national team um you can take more club-like approach um and be a bit more open and explore a little bit more what the best approaches can be uh but yeah for the way ireland has it structured anyway the best approach is to be, <laughs> to, be honest, to be a bit of a dictator to start off with and then loosen the reins a bit as people uh establish more of a common identity Okay, second topic, also quite a big one. Differences, coaching women's versus men's. Okay, I'm just going to deal with that separately because there are lots of thoughts on this. Um, only thing I would say right now is I think a lot of the, the differences are exaggerated. Um, and I certainly read a lot of coaching material um, from across all different sports, which would suggest that, I mean, you just take it's mostly in the male coaches are coaching women because that's I guess more common 
um, with the CS that you seem to take a completely different approach. Um, my opinion on that really would be you need to take a different approach no matter like if you're coaching men, go to women, go to mixed teams, different teams require different approaches. And part of the skill of coaching is trying to be able to figure out what approach is going to work best for that environment. And I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, just do this with women and just do this with men. And that's the, going to be the right approach because it hasn't been true in my experience. Um, James's third question, road to success for small national federations. Um, have players that are really, really good. <laughs> that's worked quite well for Ireland. Um, Ireland's like very small federation. Um, it's probably too competitive a community. Um, most of our most of our opportunities to play are actually quite competitive, and people are kind of brought into the sport and immediately playing competitions. Um, which means that although we're small, the people that kind of stick around and survive, particularly survive to the point where they are going to be competing for national team spots, are very hardworking, competitive, talented people. Um, my. I think it would be better to have more balance in our community and just have more players and maybe have a slightly worse top end would be healthier for the sport. Um, so I'm not necessarily recommending that approach for other national federations. Um, but yeah, have really, really good players and winning is is possible. Uh, James also asked about planning for opponents, planning for opponents with different styles. Uh, I think it might be a similar question later on. Um yeah uh again it's a very team by team how much preparation you want to do for opponents um i think the classic mistake i've made that i've read other coaches making is like over being over specific about your plan for team or sorry trying to create something sort of yeah very specific for the team you're playing that's not based on what you are good at. Um, so you want to, you definitely want to adapt to the other team, but you don't want to adapt by doing something that you're not actually good at doing, because then this is not going to work. The simplest way to think of it, let's give an example is, um, say you come against a team with a very strong vertical stack. Obviously clams work very well against vertical stacks. Um, but if you're not good at executing a clam, like you haven't done it before, you're you're not going to be very good at it, and the team you're playing against, if they're in any way decent, and I'm assuming that's the situation here, I've probably played against a clam a lot more than you have played a clam, so it's not something that's going to work. It's not authentic to your team. It's not an adjustment that's going to work. So you have to kind of find that sweet spot of it's an adjustment that countering the other team's strength or hammering the other team's weaknesses. But it's something that you practice and are good at. Um, so that's why I like to practice as many things as possible, basically. Um, and then have as many of those tools to draw out in a game as we can. Um, and then you can adapt to your team, but you're adapting to something that you have actually practiced a lot. Uh, bad moments of coaching. Lots of bad moments in coaching. Um yeah it again depends on what your goals are as a coach like for me because I certainly spent the last few years trying to coach high performance teams and trying to win major championships um, there's a lot of low points on that journey because it's really hard and it's really stressful uh, and when you're struggling early in the season you know, if you've watched 
the Ranley documentary on OC.TV might seem like it's all totally cool under control when we're losing early season games but uh, it's I hate losing um, everyone hates losing on those teams people want changes when losses happen I want changes when losses happen it gets very very difficult and stressful um, so um, those are yeah those are usually my bad moments is those the early season early season losses um, the other ones are like the, the big one for me is the realisation after game that um, I didn't either like didn't play someone at all or didn't play someone as much as they should have played uh, I get very caught up in winning games um, something I try to get better at over time but uh, still still gets away from me when I get anxious during a game um, trying to keep track of making sure that everyone actually plays enough uh, okay this is still James it's a very long James section uh, what coach would like to shout out for a session or a season from Mauricio Moore Mandy Sang be the two main ones that come to mind um, as elite coaches that have coached for a long time and would have a lot uh, to teach me uh, coaching elite players so how do you coach elite players shaping people with better skills than you uh, so this is just like the job of a coach like you no matter how good a player you are or where you probably you definitely weren't good at everything um, and your job as a coach is to be able to uh, communicate by how to be good at pretty much everything um, definitely it can be tough depending on the environment uh, like I'm very lucky myself since like it's there's a halo effect that you get when you obviously have some success as a coach then the next situation you go into people just have that you just have a bit of credit in the bank basically people will say okay he knows what he's talking about because he did X in his last team um, yeah uh, the job of coach is, is not to be able to do everything um, it's to be able to kind of help and support players with how to do it and I think if you're taking that approach like you're acknowledging that you know you don't necessarily know how to execute something or not able to execute something uh, in the way that one of your players could um, like you can be honest about it but like point them in the right direction show them examples look you obviously there's loads of video um, now of other players you can say I think you can do what this player does um, so like let's watch them together or you go watch them and tell me what you think they do and how you can bring them back to your game um, okay finally from James uh, self-care as a coach I'm really bad taking care of myself so I just not qualified to answer this question at all um, maybe as someone who's actually good at this um, thanks James for all the questions I really appreciate it uh, okay moving on to the next is from Adam uh, it's a tough question for me actually so how do you approach coaching other coaches Adam says he's got two new co coaches this year both green at coaching and have each have their own challenges with it as they are working at. He struggles how to help them learn and grow. Simply how directly to give them advice versus treating them as a peer and then navigate it for themselves and learn by example. Um, you pretty much hit on the things you need to do. Um, so one of the most important things is to show the good example. Um, so if you're a skilled coach, um, having that other person like see you in action and 
hopefully if they ask it's brilliant but if they don't ask you can explain to them by why you're taking certain approaches um throughout the season um so they can kind of learn that thought process as you do it um but really the kind of the crux of this is uh well, you need to understand why you have assistant coaches like what role are they playing um so it can be to counter like a weakness that you have or not necessarily a weakness you have but coaching is a big job and there might be things that you that you can't get everything so there's parts that you need to hand off maybe you want to hand off some of them not some other ones so for example Randall last season we brought in Sarah Melvin um to help primarily with like player development and player feedback which are my biggest weaknesses um so she kind of came in with a concrete role it did change throughout the season uh, but she came in with a concrete role which made things a lot easier rather than just coming in as a as I've had in other situations just coming in as an assistant coach um, with no defined sort of role and that can get quite difficult uh, it's particularly difficult when they're if they are playing as coaches because then it, it that's never worked in my opinion I just would recommend trying not to do that as much as possible um, or just giving them very simple tasks that aren't that aren't being done like in the middle of the session when you want them concentrating on developing their own game um, rather than trying to help everybody else um, so yeah like the more you have a concrete vision for them just like you would with your players the better giving them responsibility and giving them feedback just like you would with your players when your players are trying to develop their skills um, and yeah they're seeing you give the give the example when they're not directly involved um, but yeah it, it can be difficult um, particularly like we're all amateurs you don't actually have that much time um, so yeah, giving them as much experience as you can hands on experience uh, is ideal uh, thanks Adam okay uh, Birdie has asked have I ever considered coaching a team outside of Ireland uh, why or why not and what are the key factors um, not really I guess myself and Fiona briefly considered moving to Canada seven or eight years ago um, and I would have tried to work my way up into coaching traffic if I moved out, to, out that direction um, or six years depending where we would have ended up um, but no I'm happy in Ireland not going to move out of Ireland um, so I don't think that's not something I ever consider because it's not practical but I coach a team like just for a tournament in the season maybe teams in Europe or the US hit me up if you want me to go to if you can work it out I'm not coaching out in the EUC so I have the week off work so I'm there for the week hit me up if you if you need some coaching um, okay next question from Joel uh, new to my post uh, what do I think is key to growing a club or team um, I, lots of things are important but the most important thing when you're trying to grow is that people want to come back um, so one of the painful lessons that I had to learn myself as a coach is that I'm not coaching for my own ambitions I'm coaching for the team um, so yeah you need, you need to be very clear on like what's going to bring people back every week um, or every season um, and give them give them that experience and not that might not line up perfectly with like 
the experience that you want as a coach or the sort of team you want as a coach. Lots of people want more competitive teams um, than exist. Uh, it's quite common, like obviously if you're getting to a position where you're coaching, um, in ultimate anyway, it seems to be the case, but you start coaching, you're like probably a very good player and a lot of experience, very passionate about the game. Like we kind of hire to remember that people just want to come. Uh, most people just want to play for fun and enjoyment. How you do that specifically, um, say as much game-based stuff as you can in training sessions and as positive approach as you can. Um, if people don't enjoy that, then I don't know if they enjoy playing ultimate, so uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about them. Um, but yeah, figure out what the players want and uh, yeah, give, them, give it to them as much as you can. Uh, okay, uh, Connor has asked, where do I see Ultimate Tactics developing in the future? This is definitely going to be a separate post or a separate video. Um, yeah, I have lots of thoughts. Um, I think, let's give, I'll give the quick summary. Uh, like offensively, we're seeing so many players playing in schools now. We're seeing so many second generation Ultimate players. Uh, so skills are getting a lot better, lessons are getting a lot better. It opens up a lot more uh, avenues and more play styles for offenses. Um, so I expect us to see a more diversity of offenses um, uh, generally. Um, hopefully some some new stuff and some old stuff. I like the sweep play, for example, which is like a horizontal play where two or three cutters will just like basically clear out deep and have one cutter isolated. Uh, it's basically a disguise 313. 313 used to be a really popular tactic 15 years ago. Uh, other variations, other isolation variations used to be popular in Europe. Um, maybe we'll start seeing return to some of those um, as, yeah, as people get more skills and more able to hit hit windows that are a bit harder. Uh, defensively, though, is where I expect to see lots of change. Um, so I do have a post planned on that. I just haven't been able to write it yet, uh, but it's coming. Uh, so thanks, Connor. Um, Luke asks, how do you get the best value of an assistant coach? Uh, kind of answered that already. If I haven't, let me know and I'll answer it better. Uh, how do you decide who plays on an O and D9? In particular, if all players are very similar level with different skill sets. Um, I, like, O and D line, I would try to leave the decision as long as possible. That's my approach in any situation, really. Um, I guess there's two things you could do in this situation. Uh, firstly, you could just, if everyone's pretty similar level, you might take the approach that it doesn't really matter who you're going to pick for that O line, as long as it makes sense as a, as a group. And you just pick it early and give them reps and give them chemistry and let them work through challenges as a unit. Um, or you take the approach if they're similar level, different skill sets. Um, and obviously they're going to be in different levels of form, trade a tournament that you just won't really have an O-line. Um, you'll adjust it a lot as it goes. Uh, so those are preferences. Um, Luke already knows that my preference is to do the, the latter. Um, it's been my approach in every team anyway. Um, whether it has been uh, like obvious players that are great on O or not uh, I I find it yeah I find it a lot more effective I, I don't trust myself to pick 
an O-line like six months before a tournament and it, that to be the best option I don't think that's uh, that really stresses me out to even try and imagine making that sort of fixed decision that early so I would definitely kind of just do a horse for course I think fairs different skill sets that's like that's similar level different skill sets is like my ideal scenario because then you can switch between uh, switch between players and formations and tactics and strategies uh, constantly which is uh, exactly what I would like to do uh, okay so this is anonymous this question uh, do national teams countries have a specific frisbee playing style as common opinion of other sports um, I think not formally I'm not sure any federation like any national federation like imposes top down um, so like in soccer obviously like the Spanish federation would have particular play style the Dutch federation has a very particular play style they teach um, from very early from like, super young levels and play throughout all their national teams at all the different ages and that doesn't happen in frisbee um, so not from that perspective but there are definitely national characteristics obviously like each country uh, like is mostly a closed uh, environment so people are going to figure out things that work in that country and they're going to kind of trust them and implement them and you'll see them come out of national teams so like the Japanese teams all play very similar style the US teams all play similar style Colombian teams all play similar style the Danish Belgian Netherlands teams all play similar style I'm sure Ireland has characteristics that people from outside Ireland can spot um, just because obviously you're the same group of players playing against each other uh, constantly so you develop strategies that work in in that country and then when you go into a national tournament you still basically use those strategies um, so it is always interesting to go to international tournaments and see those approaches but they're definitely like there's definitely no grand strategy um, for most of these countries if they're I mean doesn't have countries where it's like from under eights on everyone tries to play the exact same way let me know um just throw it in there I would think in soccer where this is done it's complete lunacy and you're just like chasing a decade the ghost of a decade ago like loads of countries wanted to become Spain when Spain won uh, the World Cup in 2010 obviously won the Euros in 2008 2012 uh, on the back of like mostly Barcelona's youth development um, but the Spanish youth development in general um, but there's no point in replicating A. Spain already do it uh, and B, like Spain started doing it 10 years before that so if you start now you're, you'll see the fruits of it in 10 years time but everyone will have moved on by then um, which is exactly what happened to lots of countries um, who tried to copy Spain and then Spain's approach is outdated by the time um, by the time anyone saw any benefits out of it or saw any results out of it um, so yeah I don't think it's a good approach anyway um, okay uh, oh got one more question uh, from Hannah thanks Hannah uh, building over the longer term not just season by season um, yeah uh, I'm very lucky with the last two situations I've been in in terms of club with Bo Ranla and Gravity Porta that the leadership before I came there kind of had the vision of where they wanted to get to um, kind of knew the current situation knew what they wanted to get to um, so it was just a case of road mapping how to get there I think building like super long term um, 
probably not viable in frisbee uh certainly not in any of the situations i've been in um two or three year plans um strike me as a really good a really good sweet spot where you're not just trying to maximize like immediate results but you're also not yeah you're not pushing them so far in the distance um that you're not really actually doing anything short term um I guess one of the big problems um, that we all have uh, in Ultimate or certainly in Ireland is um, we just lose players. We lose players quite quickly. Um, so certainly in Dublin anyway, when people hit 30, essentially, is the easiest way to say it. People hit 30, they just stop, stop playing. And um, I think one thing that the teams that I worked with do a much better job of is kind of having more of a plan for for that situation happening um so as people yes yeah, people's careers get busier as people start having kids people start getting married and all those other um things are pulling them away from the sport or maybe also kind of combined with you've maybe had five six seven eight years of competitive frisbee and it's a bit samey um at the end of that unless you're unless you're winning every single season it's hard to keep the the urge to play going. Um, so yeah, I think more intentional planning for um, how people get to that point in their career and what they do with it, like how to keep them involved so they don't just disappear from the club completely. Um, because there's lots of ways people contribute, coaching, management, um, all those off-field things, um, which currently fall to the players, which is a little unfair in the players because the players should just be playing and enjoying playing. Um, uh, yeah that's the sort of thing I think clubs should be thinking of a lot more um, whereas obviously because we're all quite small environments or you you and me are anyway Hannah um, because we're from small environments you're always thinking about how do we get the next generation of players in instead of how do we manage the departure of the players that are already there and maybe try to lengthen that departure and keep them contributing um because keeping them contributing like really helps the culture of the club um kind of keeps the same values present um gives some again gives some relief to the the people that are trying to run the club um yeah that would be that's my main thought on that not that i've ever managed to <laughs> implement it in any way so take that with a great result but that's what i think and that wraps up all the questions um sent in for this edition uh of the mailbag pod uh, so thanks to everybody who took the time out to fill in the better everyday coaching survey if you haven't seen it it's available uh, on my blog um it's a few questions all are optional so you can just fill in what you like uh, but yeah thanks everyone to fill that in got some fantastic uh suggestions uh, of topics that i can talk about uh, some of them i've had on my list for a while and yeah just give me a bit of a nudge to go and to go and actually write about them uh a couple of other updates uh, so yeah, I'm still writing a book uh, on using modified games. Um, it's gone slow, slower than I thought it would. Uh, I was hoping to get out for the start of the club season, start of the club season here for me with Ranla is uh, next week. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get finished in a week. I would be very doubtful. Um, but yeah, that is coming. Um, thanks for all the inquiries on it from those that sent them in. And anytime people want uh, to chat about kind of using a constraint-led approach in our training sessions uh, or if you just want some 
ideas of yeah, how you can implement it to teach certain things to your team just send me an email anytime uh, I love thinking of this stuff uh, I love experimenting with it so more than happy to bounce ideas around with you um, yeah and uh, the other update is yeah I will be starting a podcast series soon uh, interviewing some of uh, the female coaches around Ireland UK uh, possibly further field in Europe possibly further field globally we'll we'll see um, yeah I definitely want to start talking to some other coaches uh, and getting their experiences and ideas um, so uh, a few people sent in suggestions to me already if you have any further suggestions people that you think would be good for me to talk to uh, again send me an email uh, and I'll see if I can get connected thanks everyone for listening hope you have a great week